Kidding. Hey, uh, I've been really, really enjoying this man versus wife series. Uh, just talking about the, how to have healthy relationships, how to have a healthy marriage. Uh, because I just feel like it's such a big, big thing out there that we need to know and how to have healthy relationships in our lives. And so, uh, man, I don't know about you guys, but I love that song that was just playing. Um, man, not the click, click, boom song. I mean, I know most guys, would, but I love Taylor Swift. I don't know why it is. I know that that just totally tossed away my man card, but uh, uh, I just feel for singles so much because I remember what it's like being single and just how bad it is and how you're just like, man, I just want somebody. I just desire somebody. And so today I really, really want to just talk to singles. And so if that's cool, I mean, all the single people will be really excited. Married people, I promise I'll still say some things that are relevant to you. But I feel like, you know, this next generation that's getting ready to get married, wants to get married, desires to get married, man, we want to make sure that you are prepared for marriage because we don't want you to go into marriage and, and realize that it, it could be, it could very well be the best decision you ever make, or it could very well be the worst decision that you ever make. And I want to make sure when you make that decision, that it is the very, very best decision. Uh, a couple of years ago, I went skiing and I love to snow ski and anybody out there a snow skiing fan anybody else like to snow ski that's where it's at man there's nothing better than going out to like Colorado and, and hitting some slopes doing some back bowls hitting some black diamonds just doing crazy stuff and just having a good time well on my last ski trip um, that I took right before I got married um, I went out and in my family we were out in Park City Utah and we were skiing out there and, and man it for some reason it was this massive torrential kind of snow Snowstorm that came about while we were there. And so we skied for like five days. And during those days, for some reason, it seemed like every single article of clothing that I got, got completely soaking wet. I don't know if you guys have ever been in that kind of environment where everything you have is soaking wet. So being a guy, what I did is I just stuffed it all into my backpack, into my bag, and I just came home. And being a guy, I did not empty that backpack out or my bag for like three weeks. Um, yeah, you can imagine. When I opened up my, my suitcase, um, I found white shirts. Well, they, at least they used to be white shirts that were completely black. Because like this fungus and like uh, penicillin had started growing on there. And, uh, you know, it's the kind of stuff that like you touch, you end up with like hammer toe or something. I don't know. It's just, you know, it just was this nasty, nasty stuff. And, and I started thinking about that this week. And I was thinking about the fact that, man, I love to go snow skiing. And I think about how much fun it is. And, but I forgot that there is some responsibilities that come on the back end of doing that. There are some things that I need to do in order to be able to continue to snow ski. Because what ended up happening is I ended up ruining all of those clothes, all of my ski jackets, all of my ski bibs, all of, all of my hoods, all of everything was ruined because it had this nasty, nasty funk that had gotten on it. And it didn't matter how many times I washed those white shirts, they were still like dingy brown at the end because of this junk that had gotten in there. And so many times we want the benefits uh, of a marriage relationship. We want the benefits of a relationship, but we forget that there are some responsibilities, that there are some, there are some work that goes along after we get the benefits of things, that we got to continue to invest in that relationship, that we have to continue to work in that relationship. Otherwise, we don't get to utilize those things like we did before. They go bad. The same thing is true in our, in our marriages. If we get married and, and, and we think, man, it's going to be awesome, and we don't ever do anything afterwards, what ends up happening is we end up with these really messed up relationships because we made no investment after it. And today, what I want us to do is I want us to turn to, to 
the book of Proverbs. We're going to be hanging out there today. We're going to be looking, starting in Proverbs chapter 12. And we're going to be looking at what are some wisdom that the, the book of Proverbs can give us. And we are going to be asking ourselves today, should we stay in the relationship that we're in or should we go? Should we stay in the relationship that we're in or should we go? And I specifically want to talk to singles, but I'll also be talking to, to married people as well. And so, so the, the main thing, the main point that I want to get across here is that the scariest thing about marriage, um, the, the scariest thing for some of you singles is the, is the idea that, man, you don't have any prospects that are out there. That's a scary thing for you. For you married to single, the scariest thing about marriage for you may be that you're married to someone and you realize that this is for, supposed to be forever and you're like, man, I don't know that I can make it. But the reality is, is the scariest thing about marriage in our life is that if we are not prepared and serious, we can miss out on the greatest joy we could ever have in life. The scariest thing about marriage is, is, is if you and I are not prepared and serious about that relationship, we can miss out on the greatest joy that we can have in our life besides our relationship with Jesus. And so many people just dive into relationships and they just dive into marriage thinking, oh, this will be a good thing. But they don't realize that there's a lot of work. There's a lot of preparation that needs to take place. In Proverbs chapter 12, verse four, it says, a wife of noble character is her husband's crown, but a disgraceful wife is like decay in his bones. It's a very simple verse, but it has some profound truth. It says, a wife of noble character is her husband's crown, but a disgraceful wife is like decay in his bones. Same thing is true. I mean, we can switch this. Uh, uh, a, a husband of noble character is her, his wife's crown, but a disgraceful husband is like decay in her bones. It's, it's not just a, it's wives are horrible, but it's also the same thing as guys. And this is for, simple, but it's so big because what it's talking about here is, man, the, the aspect of a relationship, a good relationship um, can do amazing things, but a, a horrible relationship, that, that decay in the bones there is actually a, translated as an equivalent of cancer. It's saying, man, if you have an unhealthy relationship, it can be as bad as having bone cancer. It can really, really kill you. What it's saying is, Listen, if you find a healthy relationship and you have a healthy marriage and you're prepared for that thing, if you have those, those things that you've prepped in life, that relationship will be a crown. It'll be a joy to you. It'll be something that you want to show off to everybody else because of how great that it is, because of how much fun you're having, because of the joy that you have in your life, because of the peace that you're experiencing in that relationship. But on the flip side, if there is no preparation, if those things have not happened, what it is like is it is like this cancer and it is the worst possible relationship that you can be in. And you're like, man, I cannot believe I ended up in this place. I cannot believe I, I ended up here. And some of you guys that are married that are in that spot, you know what that's like because you didn't do the prep and now you're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe that I'm here in this relationship. And today what I want us to do is I want us to figure out how we can have a great relationship. And uh, because here's the thing, if we ignore the work aspect and the preparation aspect of the marriage, it'll end up like those nasty clothes that I had in my suitcase because we'll, we'll want all the benefits of the relationship, but we'll never go and do the work aspect and instead of looking around, and so many of us do this, we're, we're, we look around and say, man, I wish, I wish I could marry that person. I wonder if, if my future spouse is here. Instead of asking questions like that, because so many singles are doing that, they're always asking themselves, I wonder where that person is. I wonder where I can find them. Instead of asking that, the right question we should be asking is, am I the right kind of person for this relationship? 
Am I the right kind of person? Am I ready for this kind of relationship? Because just because you're in love with someone does not mean that it's the perfect relationship, that it's God's will for your life, that it is going to last forever. Because here's the reality. If, if I married every single person that I was in love with, you know, that feeling that you had when you were in junior high, when you would see that, that, that girl and all of a sudden something funny would happen in your stomach and you'd have to go to the bathroom or you'd run away every time you saw them because you're, you had those funny feelings, those butterflies. If I, if I acted on every single one of those, those feelings, I would, have been more, I would have been married more times than Oprah has gone on diets. I mean, and that is a lot of times. And we got to realize that, that we can't act on those, those feelings because here's what we've done in society. We've over-romanticized this idea of love. We have, we've over-romanticized it and we just are like, oh man, if I was just in love, everything would be great. And it's a lot like, man, if, if you're out there and you're working, if I just had a vacation, everything would change. Man, I would, I would love my job if I could just take some time off and get away and I'd get rejuvenated. And we say the same thing is true in love. Man, if I was just in love, if I could just find that right person, if I could just find them, then all my needs would be met. If I could just find them, then, then everything that I've been desiring in life would come true. If I could just find them, then I would live the dream that's within my heart, if I could just, just, just. And we've over-romanticized this whole idea and we've missed out on the reality of what a God-ordained biblical relationship looks like. Because we're so busy saying, man, if I could just find this love, if I could just find this person. And so many people are preparing more for a day than they are for a lifetime. I mean, right now the average wedding is cost about 20 grand. And what, do we, what does everybody do for that wedding? Man, they're, they're thinking about a dress. They're thinking about a venue. They're thinking about uh, flowers. They're thinking about cakes. They're thinking about dance floors. They're thinking about DJs. They're thinking about uh, a photographer. They're thinking about their first song. They're thinking about how, what music they're gonna walk down to. They're thinking about all this stuff and they're preparing all this time for a day and they're spending all this money on a day and they never invest anything in their marriage. And they wonder why, why did it go so bad from this, this ultimate high of this one day to where we are now? And if we go back to that verse, it says, a wife of noble character is a crown to her husband. And this is the thing, if we can really truly understand what, what, what a biblical relationship looks like and how we can decipher between should we stay or should we go, then when we do that, we'll be out there and our relationship will be a crown for other people. You know what a crown does? It's on display. It lets everybody know what is happening in your life. And when you have a healthy, solid relationship, you want every single person to see it. You're out and about and you're strutting your stuff because you know that that relationship's got it going on. And you're not ashamed of it. And so today what I want to do is I want to look through the book of Proverbs and I want us to answer six questions that I believe every person should answer to know whether they should stay or walk away in a relationship. And uh, what are some of the signs that you should know that this is the person for me, this is the right one, or that is definitely not the right one. I should stay the heck away from that dude because he is just trouble. And for you married people, I know that some of you guys are like, man, I've been asking myself this question. Should I stay or walk away? And let me just tell you, I know that some of you guys, you're struggling, you're fighting in your relationship. You are probably fighting on your way here to church. You are yelling and arguing at one another. Maybe some of you guys are struggling because you just had a child. Maybe some of you, there's some, there's some intimacy issues that are happening 
happening right now. The, 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 the amount of sex or whatever that in your relationship has dwindled and it's frustrating to you. Maybe you're struggling in some financial areas and you're saying to, our, to yourself, should I stay or should I go? And let me just answer that question for you. If you are married, you need to stay. You need to stay because here's the deal. You made a covenant between yourself and that person, between God and the state. And you said, you know what? For better or for worse, till richer or poor, till death do us part, man, we're gonna stay together and we're gonna make this work. And then here's what I want you to do is I want you to take some of these questions and start asking them to yourself to say, how can I improve this relationship rather than how can I get out of here? Because that is the epidemic that's happening in our culture, in our society. It's easier to leave than it is to stay and work. But here's the thing, with, with no pain, there's no progress. And I want us to have progress in our relationships. And so, so if you're single, you need to ask yourself, man, should I stay or walk away? And we're gonna look at the wisdom of Proverbs. And the first question we all need to ask ourselves is, do you constantly question the relationship that you're in? Do you constantly question the relationship that you're in? Proverbs 22, three says, a prudent person foresees danger and takes precautions. The simpleton goes, on, goes blindly on and suffers the consequences. A prudent person foresees danger and takes precautions. The simpleton goes blindly on and suffers the consequences. If you're a prudent person, you're gonna look at your relationship and you're gonna ask yourselves, are we compatible? Do we like the same things? Do, are we on the same page? Does their career path and my career path kind of correlate? Do they want to, do I get along with their in-laws? Do their in-laws get along with me? Do we think about money the same way? Do, do they like to spend frivolously and I'm a saver? That is probably going to cause some tension in our relationship. Uh, how about where do we want to live? Does he want to live near his in-laws? And, and I want to live as far, as far heck away from them so I don't uh, utilize my amendment rights to kill them with firearms? Or what's the deal? You know, uh, you know does he want to have three kids? and I only want to have two, that's going to cause some tension in the relationship. You need to start asking yourselves, are we compatible? We need to start looking ahead in the relationship and saying, man, this is going to be awesome. We need to answer those questions because let me just tell you something. This is, this is huge. Just everybody look up, give me your attention because when you are in love, you are stupid. Seriously, y'all know it's true. When you're in love, you think that everything is going to be rainbows and butterflies. Do you think that, man, we are going to be on vacation 24-7? We are never going to have a fight. You know what? She's going to go shop all day while I play golf. We are going to have everything going on. Every night is going to be a date night, and we are just going to be a perfect fit, and nothing is ever going to transpire in our life that is going to be hard for us to deal with. Yeah, right. And then when your stupidity wears off and you realize that you're married and you've made this covenant with them, you're like, oh my gosh, I am now stuck. Because you allowed that idea of like, man, love's just gonna solve everything. Love is just gonna make the world go around and it just doesn't work like that. I'm sorry to tell you that. If nobody's ever told you that, I'm sorry. Let me be the first. Life does not happen that way. Now, if you're married, you can't ask yourself this question, should I stay or should I go? Because the reality is you've got to choose to stay. And here's the thing, because so many people are asking themselves this question. You need to realize that, that your spouse isn't the problem. You need to realize that the enemy in your relationship is me. The enemy that's in your relationship is not your spouse. It's not, they're not there to serve and meet every one of your needs. You're there to serve and meet theirs. And the reality is, is the reason you're having so many problems is because you want something that is not happening. And the enemy in the relationship is you. 
I was talking with, uh, with a couple um, a couple years ago, and I, I love to talk to people that have been married for, for 20 plus years. And, and I was asking this couple, I was like, man, what is, the, what is the secret of success? I mean, you guys have been married for 20 years. I mean, that is awesome. And, and the guy looked at me and he said, you know what? This has been the best 12 years of my life. And I was like, what? You've been married for 20, how is that? He's like, because the first eight years, all I did was try to get her to serve me. But for the last 12 years, we've been serving one another and our relationship has never, ever been the same because he realized that in the beginning, the enemy was him. That verse says, a prudent person foresees danger and takes precautions, but the simpleton goes blindly on and suffers the consequences. Man, if you're a single person out there, be prudent enough to look and see some patterns in your relationships. Be prudent enough to look and see some patterns in people's lives. Listen, man, if, if they spend frivolously, that's probably a pattern that you need to recognize. If, 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 if they have a temper, they have some anger issues, that's a pattern that you need to see and foresee that and say, you know what? Maybe this isn't the healthiest situation for me to be in. Does, do I hate their in-laws? Because if I do, I probably need to realize that this is not gonna be a really healthy relationship because there's gonna be tension all the time. And you know what? The stupid people will say, oh, but love conquers all. It just doesn't. Because the only person that would say that is somebody that's never been in love or somebody who just got married because they don't know any better. Because here's the deal. Love does not pay the bills. It does not pay the mortgage. It doesn't keep the water going. It does not keep you from fighting. And we think that, that love is supposed to be this solve all, but love is really a feeling and feelings come and go. And we wonder why we're in and out of relationships all the time because we're allowing our lives to be dictated by our feelings. The reality is, is love is more of a lifelong commitment to saying, you know what, I'm gonna take care of you and I'm gonna love you no matter what. I'm gonna do whatever it takes forever. It's a lifelong commitment thing. And so we need to ask ourselves, how much do I question the relationship that I'm in? How much do I question it? And if you're single out there, do not ignore the uncertainty that's in your life. Please do not ignore the uncertainty that's in your life. Second question you need to ask is, are you in a cycle of sexual sin? Are you in a cycle of sexual sin? Proverbs 5.15 says, drink water from your own cistern, running water from your own well. Here's the deal, man. There's something that's running rampant in our, in our country and specifically here in South Florida, man. And it's this whole idea that, man, we can just have as many partners as we need. We just find that right person. We give ourselves away. And there's so much sexual sin that is happening in people's lives. And they're wondering why they cannot have intimacy and they cannot have healthy relationships because they're continuously thinking, man, that if I just give my, myself to this person, then I'll feel loved and I'll feel this, this thing that I've been searching for all my life. And we gotta realize that that is some mess up thinking. It is some messed up idea. And here's the deal. Proverbs 26, 11, and this isn't a verse on sexual sin, but the Bible tells us that all uh, scripture is God breathed, is good for teaching and rebuking and encouragement and challenging. And so it says, as a tog returns to it vomit, so a fool repeats his foolishness. And it's saying, man, people that get into this cycle of sexual sin, it's like somebody going over and throwing up, walking away, and then going back over to it and saying, oh man, that looks good. I think I'll re-eat that. And that is nasty. It's not healthy. You know what it'll make you do? It'll make you throw up again. It'll make you throw up again. And what we do is we get in this pattern in this cycle of just continually going back to the same thing. And the Bible is very clear. The reason why the author of Proverbs is saying, drink from your own cistern, because he said, you know what? You were not intended to have 17 sexual partners. 
You were not intended to give yourself away to so many people because what it does is it creates bonds with all those different people and you're wondering why you can't have that bond with the person you're with because you're giving yourself away and a little piece of your heart stays there every single time. A little piece of yourself stays there every single time. And we've got to break free from this. Listen, if you're married out there and you're dealing with this, Proverbs 28, 13 says, people who conceal their sins will not prosper. But if they confess and turn from them, they will receive mercy. So if you're a married man or woman and you're in a constant cycle of sexual sin, maybe, maybe you've been flirting with that person at the office. Maybe you've been having inappropriate conversations on Facebook like we talked about. Maybe you've been looking at some pornography on the internet or in some magazines, or you've been reading romance novels and putting yourself in that situation. Or maybe you've been envisioning yourself with some other people in your mind. Man, you are in a cycle of sexual sin. And the Bible tells us if we're at that point, man, we need to confess those things and turn away. And when we do, we will find mercy. Singles, you need to ask yourself, am I in a cycle of sexual sin? Am I in a cycle? Are you using intimacy to find a boyfriend or a girlfriend? Do you give yourselves away so, and, and when you're dating so that you can feel a, a small feeling of love for a moment, but later regret? Man, and if you're in that cycle, you need to realize, you know what? I am not yet ready for a relationship. I need to work on this stuff. I need to confess this stuff. I need to deal with this stuff so I can prepare myself to be married. Because listen, once you get married, your spouse is the only legitimate and acceptable source of sexual intimacy and pleasure in your life. Do you hear that? Not that guy, not that girl, not that Facebook person. Your spouse is the only legitimate and acceptable source of sexual intimacy and pleasure in life. You know what that means? It means you don't find pleasure anywhere else. It means you don't find it in that conversation at the, at the water cooler at work. It means you don't find it on the internet. It means you don't find it in that magazine. It means you don't find it from that friend, that past boyfriend or the past girlfriend. You don't find it in any of those places. You are to choose only your spouse. The Bible says, for those of us that are single, for those of you that are single, to wait patiently for that time. And I love what Andy Stanley says here. He says, purity paves the way to intimacy. Purity paves the way to intimacy. And some of you guys are struggling with intimacy in your relationships because you were not pure in the beginning. And you're wondering why, why can I not have what I was told I could have because I gave it up way too early. I was recently talking with uh, a woman uh, in some counseling about this, her and her husband, I was talking to them and, and she was telling me, about her sexual history and then her and her husband were struggling big time and, and, she, and he was like, I don't understand. And she says, well, you, what you don't understand is that I gave myself away so much that I thought that that was the only way that that was the only thing that a guy ever wanted. And so now every time you want me, I think that's all that you want in our relationship so I don't ever wanna have sex. Because unpurity destroys intimacy. And so we got to ask ourselves, 
Am I in a cycle of sexual sin? Am I in a cycle of sexual sin? Third question you need to ask, is there constant drama, daily crisis, and intense late night conversations? Sounds like junior high, doesn't it? You know? <laughs> uh, Man, I know some single guys, I'll see them uh, and they'll, they'll come and we'll meet for coffee early in the morning and they'll come in and they'll have bloodshot eyes and, and they'll be like, looks like they're like hung over and I'll be like, dude, what, what happened last night? And they'll be like, man, I was on the phone all night with my girlfriend and, and she was arguing with me because I said hi to another girl and I just said hi, it wasn't anything else. And we, we've been arguing about this for three months. And, and let me just tell you something, man, guys, girls, if you're arguing with somebody that you're dating for like three months over petty issues, you can say, you know what, man, I love you. I want the best for you. God bless you, but I got to go because that is not the kind of relationship that you want to be in. And I love what Proverbs 27, 15 and 16 says. It says, a quarrelsome wife is an annoying as constant dripping on a rainy day. Stopping her complaints is like trying to stop the wind or trying to hold something with greased hands. The writer of Proverbs here had been in some late night drama filled conversations. Don't you guys think? I mean, he understood this. He had the annoying constant dripping going on. And I don't know if you guys have noticed a lot, but there is some crazy stuff that's happening. I was in the mall a couple of weeks ago, walking through the Sawgrass Mills Mall and, uh, and, and girls, I don't understand this, but these girls were, were walking around. They were wearing like, um, sh like gym shorts and they had like words written on their butt. And uh, I don't really understand that, but they had some pretty interesting things. It's like one, there was like this pack of like four of them and three of them had things on their butt. And the first one had like juicy on her butt. And I wasn't sure if she had like diarrhea or something. I mean, I wasn't really sure what was going on there. Another, another one had like hotness written on her butt. And I was like, what's up with that? Is her AC broke? But then, but then there's a third one. She had written on her butt, drama queen. I don't know about you, but any girl that announces to me that she is a drama queen, I'm running as far away from that girl as I possibly can. That is just crazy. Dudes, any girl that she announces to you that she is a drama queen, turn, drop everything. I don't care if she has your car, run. You wanna get away from her as fast as you can because you do not want that in your life. And some of you, some of you are like, you just described my wife. Drama queen, always want me to do something. Always want me to do this and do that. I mean, I married her, isn't that enough? You know, some of you ladies are like, you just described my husband, drama queen. Dude is always wanting to do nothing and wants me to tell him how good he looks in his khakis and they don't look good, you know? So, I mean, there's just drama happening in your relationship all the time. You know, I... I <laughs> You gotta remember, especially for you married people, that in your relationship, the enemy is me. And so many times you get into these drama-filled arguments and you gotta stop saying, man, you're doing this wrong and you're doing that wrong. And you need to turn those fingers and point them back at you and saying, what do I need to change? Because the enemy is, is me. And so many times what drives us is our selfish desire to get what we want. It's to get what we want. I was talking with, uh, right before I left my former church to come here and start this church, I was, I was down front one Sunday afternoon after service and a, a student came up to me and was like, can you pray for me? And I was like, sure, sure. And uh, she, was, she was telling me that her parents were getting a divorce and uh, she, she was really struggling with it. And so I prayed with her and, and, and afterwards I, I was like, what's happening? She's like, you know, my parents wanna get a divorce. And, and I went to them and I said, 
why are you guys getting a divorce? And, and they said to her, because this is what's best for us. This is what's best for us. And she turned and she asked them, she said, what about what's best for me? Selfishness always causes drama and petty arguments to take place. And you need to ask yourself, man, is there, is there late night drama? Is there constant bickering? Is, is all of this stuff happening in the relationship? Because if it is, man, we gotta remember that if we're single, man, that's a, that's a telltale sign to, to get out. But if we're married, we gotta remember that the, the enemy is me and what do I need to do to start looking at my life and saying, what can I do different? What can I do different here? Fourth question is, is there spiritual inequality? Is there spiritual inequality? And uh, we're about to look at a verse that's talking about adulterous woman, but it's really talking about being unequally yoked with somebody like Paul was talking about in the New Testament. In Proverbs 5, verses 1 through 6, it says, My son, pay attention to my wisdom. Listen carefully to my wise counsel. Then you will show discernment, and your lips will express what you've learned. For the lips of an immoral woman are as sweet as honey, and her mouth is smoother than, an, than oil. But in the end, circle in the end there in your notes, she is bitter as poison, as dangerous as a double-edged sword. Her feet go down to death. Her steps lead straight to the grave for she cares nothing about the path to life. She staggers down a crooked trail and doesn't realize it. Listen, if you're dating somebody, don't just ask them if they're a Christian. Don't just, don't just do that question because listen, ladies, especially for you ladies, a guy will tell you anything to get what he wants from you. I know that it's, you never heard this guy's lie all the time. They will tell you whatever they can to make sure that they get what they want from you. And they will tell you, man, I believe in God. I, I believe that. But listen, if there's an ulterior motive in their answer, let me just tell you, that's gonna cause some unequality in your life. It's gonna cause some unequality. And I know some of you married people, you have this going on. You, you got married to somebody and you thought, oh man, they said that they're a Christian, but they're Catholic and I'm Protestant. And so there's this tension or, or I wanna go to church and, and now they don't wanna go to church. And so there's all these barriers that are happening. And, and I, we said we would raise our kids this way. And, and now he wants to raise our kids that way. And there's all this unequality that's happening in your relationship. And you're like, man, that's a great reason for me to be able to go. And, and I just wanna tell you, no, that's not a great reason. Because as we talked about the first week, it's so important that, that if we live our lives, the Bible says if we live our lives out, that those who do not believe will see us and they will come to know Christ because of how we live, even though there's some tension in the relationship. But if you're not married, especially you single girls that are out there, I don't know why it's single girls and, and college age students, but for some reason, you always think, man, there's that cute guy in high school or there's that dude in college that's just got it going on. And you're like, man, I wanna date them. And you get in a relationship with them and they do not, know Jesus and you're struggling in the relationship and they're having all this junk going on and you say, and people will say, man, you're in unequally yoked relationship, but you don't understand, TJ. You don't understand. Man, he's, he's got a lot going on in his life right now and he needs me or, or he comes from a really bad family background. And if I'm not there, then how is he ever going to hear about Jesus? And, and I mean, he's drinking a lot right now. And so I got to help him through this situation. And let me just tell you, at the end of the day, that relationship is going to hurt you more than it's going to help you. What is, the Bible says is that in the end, there is bitter as poison. You know what that means? It's like trying to pull somebody up when you're up top. Teresa, can you come here for a second? 
Real quick, just walk up here, just grab my hand. Who do you think is gonna win a tug of war in this position? She's gonna kill me, isn't she? It doesn't matter that I'm a dude and I can bench press 250 pounds. It doesn't matter. She's gonna pull me down every single time. No, I can't. Oh man, that's all now. Larry, after church, you and I. <laughs> She's gonna win this battle every single time, but yet we think, man, you know what? I'm gonna be able to pull them up. I'm gonna be able to bring them out of their funk to where I am. But the reality is, is they're gonna pull us down every single time. Thank you, Teresa. And so many times we think, man, I'll just, I'll just be able to do that. And this is what we gotta understand. Listen, if we could see what God sees, we would do what God says. If we could see what God sees for our life, we would do what God says. You know why? Because God sees what's gonna happen in the future of that relationship. He sees exactly what's gonna happen as you date them, as you spend time with them. He sees what's gonna happen there and how it's gonna take you and how it's gonna mold you and how it's gonna shape you, how it's gonna hurt you, how it's gonna help you. And what he is saying is that, man, the reality is, is the majority of time, it's gonna end up bad. Now, I know that there's somebody that's out there that's like, yeah, but I know, I have a friend in Michigan who had a, had a Muslim in, agnostic, atheist, uh, Wiccan, uh, witch, warlock, Democrat boyfriend, and, and she loved him. And she prayed and fasted for 40 years. And finally he came to Jesus and now they're in Botswana and they're winning millions of people when only hundreds are coming. And it's amazing. And you're like, man, there's that one in the million. Yeah, there's the one in the million. But what about the 999,999 that didn't work? There's a reason that God says, hey, listen to me. Listen, I can see things that you can't see. So if you would just do what I say, it would transform your life. And we gotta understand that God has a great way for us. And if we veer off that path, man, we miss out on a phenomenal opportunity to have God move and do amazing things in our lives because we're selfish and we think that we can be God for somebody. Let me just tell you, you're never gonna be God for somebody else. You don't save people, you don't heal people. That's what God's job is. That's what he does. He draws people, we don't draw them. Fifth thing we need to ask ourselves, is there complete honesty about maturity? Is there complete honesty about maturity? Because I love what Rick Warren says. He says, man, if I, could, if I could sit down and counsel people, there are two words that I would tell every single person that would solve all of their relationship issues. And those words are grow up. Just grow up. Grow up, stop whining about the little stuff. Stop majoring on minors. Stop making mountains out of molehills. Grow up. Proverbs 29.1 says, a man who remains stiff-necked after many rebukes will suddenly be destroyed without remedy. It says, a man who remains stiff-necked after many rebukes will suddenly be destroyed without remedy. This is a picture of an immature person. If you wanna know what the picture of immaturity is, pride is a proof of an immature person. It's somebody who, who bucks up, throws their shoulders back, puts their head up, puffs out their chest and says, no, I don't care what the Bible says. No, I don't care what 2000 years of people's lives say. No, my way is best. You don't know. I'm gonna do whatever I want because I know everything. It's pride. It's pride. And you need to be completely honest about your maturity level. You need to be completely honest about you. For you that are single, be honest about and realistic about the level of maturity that's in your life. Because we gotta remember the enemy is me. And so here's, here's a question to ask yourself. If you wanna know how mature am I, ask yourself, how much time do I spend on the internet 
as opposed to praying to God. You want to see how mature you are? How much time do you spend on the internet opposed to praying to God? And I understand there's some of you guys, that's part of your job. I'm not talking about your job. I'm talking about you sitting at home and looking at YouTube videos and going and seeing the monkey who scratches his butt, smells his hand and falls off. And, and you watch that over and over and over again. Yes, it's funny. I know I've watched it like three or four times. But you, instead of watching it three or four times, you watch it like 400 times. Listen, that is not a sign of maturity. Another question you can ask yourself, man, if, if you wanna know if you're a stick neff or a stubborn person, is how much time do you spend on Facebook looking at pictures of people you don't know as opposed to how much time do you spend in God's word? Man, it just got quiet in here. How much time? Because here's the thing, is how prepared and serious we are for a relationship that will end up giving us the greatest joy. And if we're not prepared, listen, if you're playing video games all day, dudes, you are not ready for a relationship. Do not go and ruin some young lady's life by doing that. Ladies, if all you do is go home and watch Jersey Shore for all night, you are probably not ready for a healthy relationship. Not saying there's anything wrong with video games or, or the Jersey Shore, but if that takes up the majority of your time, you are not ready for a relationship. Don't go and jack up somebody else's life. Prepare yourself, get yourself out of this immature life and start preparing yourself to be ready for a relationship. And if you're out there and you're getting upset right now, you're probably full of pride because I'm hitting a nerve. Listen, it's time for some of us to grow up. Guys that are married, listen, you cannot go out clubbing every night while your wife and your kids sit at home. That's immaturity. Grow up in the most godly loving way. Wives, you cannot go out with the girls every single night and leave your husband at home. Man, he's gonna get in trouble. You gotta understand, that is not maturity. You are married now. The two of you are not living your single lives anymore. You're married and you're one. It's time to grow up. Listen, if you're single out there, here's some things, man. If you wanna know their maturity level, look at how they spend their money. Look at how they spend their time. Look at how they held a constant job. Are they stable in their career or are they switching jobs every three months? It's an important thing. Their maturity will dictate how well your relationship goes. Maturity isn't an age thing, it's a responsibility thing. And the sixth question, and, and I think that this is a great one, it's helped me immensely, is their involvement and accountability from older believers? And this is especially true for singles. Proverbs 28, 26 says, those who trust their own insight are foolish, but anyone who walks in wisdom is safe. Listen, don't trust yourself. Just trust me on this. I know people say, oh, just follow your heart. Just follow your heart and it'll take you everywhere. Listen, don't listen to those people. Those people are stupid. Do not listen to your heart. The Bible says our heart is deceptively wicked and its ways are evil. And if you listen to your heart, you will end up jacked up because it will tell you things that you should never, ever do. What you need to be listening to is the wisdom of God's word. You need to be listening to the wisdom uh, of God himself through, the, through his Holy Spirit speaking to you. You need to wisdom, listen to the wisdom of wise people around you who can give you godly counsel, who have been around the block, who have seen some things that maybe you have not seen yet in life. Because we gotta remember the enemy is me, 
The enemy is ourselves. And Proverbs 15, 22 says, plans go wrong for a lack of advice. Many advisors bring success. The scariest thing about marriage is if you're not prepared and serious, you can miss the greatest joy in life. That's the scariest thing. The smart thing for us to do would be to look for other people, men that have been married for a long time, that have healthy relationships, and say, hey, can you help me see some things that maybe I can't see right now? Can you look into my relationship and tell me maybe where uh, some things are going wrong that I'm not noticing or some, some things that you think could go wrong? And here's the challenge for everybody that's out there that's a single. What I, what I want you to do for some homework is look at your life and say, what is one thing that I could be doing right now to prepare myself to be ready for that opportunity of a lifetime relationship that God has for my life? And for those of you guys that are married, you need to say, you know what? What can I be doing to improve myself so that this marriage can be better? See, because it's never our intentions that make the relationship fail. It's always our preparation and our follow through and our work on it. In 1998, I was a, I was an intern at a ministry called Team Mania Ministries. And uh, they put on these big youth events called Acquire the Fires all over the country. And, and uh, while I was an intern there, we had uh, a week where we decided a whole, like all of us decided, man, we're gonna go to Pikes Peak in Colorado Springs, Colorado. And we're gonna hike Pikes Peak and it's gonna be awesome. And we, we had seen pictures of it and it looked amazing. And, and we checked out the weather channel and the weather channel said it was like 90 something degrees in Colorado. We were going in, in September and we were like, man, that's perfect. That's great weather. And so we get to the bottom of Pikes Peak and, and there's a group of us, we, we broke into groups cause we're like, we'll all travel together. And so, man, I had like a pack of water and uh, I had some peanut butter in my backpack and some crackers. Cause I thought, man, I might want some snacks. And, um, and when we got to the bottom of the mountain, it was uh, 96 degrees outside. And I'm like, this is awesome. And so I took off all my extra layers of clothing. I was wearing some like cargo shorts and a wife beater. And I was like, this is perfect, man. This is perfect hiking weather. And so we started hiking up this mountain. And as we started hiking up this mountain, there was an extreme climate change. And about halfway up, it went from 96 degrees to 46 degrees. And about halfway up, I ran out of water, but I was like, heck, I'm gonna finish this climb. You know, I've, I've gone this far, I'm not a quitter, you know? And so, so we kept up hiking. Well, we got to about three quarters of the way up and it started snowing. And I'm wearing a wife beater, some cargo shorts and some tennis shoes. And I remember getting to the top of this mountain, completely dehydrated, had thrown all of my food away because I didn't want it to, to suck up any more of the water or saliva that I could get in my mouth. And, and I remember getting up there and I felt like hell on earth. And I remember a park ranger looking at me and saying, first time hiking Pikes Peak? Yep. He goes, next time you'll be prepared, won't you? No, because there will not be a next time. <laughs> <laughs> we
We all see the picture of marriage and we think, man, that's awesome. I want that. And we just run after it without doing any preparation, without doing any work. And we wonder why it's such a painful experience for so many. And this is what I know. God does not desire that for any of you. He doesn't desire it for any of us. What he desires for us to do is to prepare and to work and to ask ourselves those questions so we don't end up at the end of the day saying, oh my gosh, I made the worst decision I've ever made in my life. Because the only thing worse than not being married for a lot of you singles would be married to the wrong person. And God has got a purpose and he's got a plan for your life and he wants you to fulfill it. And don't settle for, for half, half of those questions. Don't settle for anything less than God's best in your life. You have too much going for your life to settle for second or third rate when God has the best for you. And for those of you that are married that feel like you settle for second or third rate, let me just tell you, God can do the impossible in your relationship. When we remember that the enemy is me, and as I look more and more like Jesus, man, he's going to transform every single thing around me. Because that's what Jesus did. Anybody that encountered him was changed. And I'll tell you what, if you start working on you and believe that the enemy is you and you start saying, God, change me, mold me, shape me to look more and more like your son, every single person that you're around, especially your spouse, man, they're going to be changed. Because you can't come in the presence of God without having an experience with him and it changing your life. And the spirit of the living God dwells within us, man. And he's just waiting for us to submit our lives to him and say, Jesus, you're everything to me. Whether you're single or whether you're married, you need to say, man, you need to get to this point where you say, you know what? I'm not going to do this on my own. I'm not going to try to figure it out on my own. I'm going to give it all to Jesus. And let him be everything that you need. And in him, you'll find everything that you need. Let's pray. God, we just come before you. And I just pray here for all the single people that are out there. Man, I, it's such, such a hard time because everybody is telling you. Society is telling you. The media is telling you. Friends are telling you. Man, date this person, do this with this person, do that and do this and do that. Man, and they are setting you up for failure. God, I pray that they wouldn't listen to any of those voices, but God, they would listen to one voice and that's your son. God, if they, as they submit themselves to you, God, that as you're building character and as you're building integrity and as you're building values and standards within them, God, that that will attract the kind of person that they could be completely yoked with, completely bonded with. God, to live out the purpose and plans that you have for them. God, I just pray for marriages that are struggling right now. God, I pray that, that the, the individuals in that relationship would realize that the enemy is not my spouse, but the enemy is me. And as I, as I die to myself and as I end my selfishness, God, it will transform our relationship. 
God, I just pray that above all else, that you help us to live out healthy relationships in life. That you change us from the inside out and make us more and more like your son. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen.